So hello and welcome to the 39th episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada, where we discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Lias Killius, and with me as always is Aaron Richardson. Aaron, how's it going? Going great. How are you, Lias? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. So Aaron is a broker and general manager with Century 21 Heritage Group. Aaron has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. I'm head of business development at the real estate marketing company, Homania. So real estate agents and their clients rely on professional home inspections to make crucial home purchasing decisions. It's one of the most common conditions in the offer for purchase and sale, and for a good reason. You want an expert to look over this large financial commitment your client is about to make and make sure that they have all the information available to them before the offer goes firm. But did you know that until recently, only BC and Alberta were the only two provinces to regulate home inspectors and issue licenses. The Toronto Star, I think, phrased it the best. Anyone with a flashlight and a business card can promote themselves as a home inspector and peddle their services as such across most of Canada. Well, it turns out just recently, Ontario passed legislation to start regulating this industry. We're going to talk about home inspection today and what to be careful of when selecting home inspectors in all provinces, licensed or not. Um, and the discussion that goes along with that. But first, we wanted to quickly talk about the real estate market in the GTA because it's had a bit of a shift in the past couple of weeks. Aaron, are we suddenly in a buyer's market? Um, No, I don't think we're in a buyer's market uh, necessarily. I mean, um, it's it's an interesting market because uh, of the flooding of uh, inventory that's hit the market. It was a record in terms of the amount of listings in a short period of time. In our area, went from 37 to 370 listings within a in a month, month and a half. So um, now, you know what happens when that happens is one media gets a hold of it and lets everybody know that the, you know, the bubbles bursting and all this sort of <laughs> doom and gloom stuff. And and uh, so that's that's sort of the front and front and first. Um, but the real estate agents, depending on the market you're in, are saying different things. Some markets are oversaturated. Nobody's getting showings on their listings. Other areas are still getting multiple offers. So we're sort of in a transitional stage right now, Linus. So so why has this all of a sudden happened? Like why has there been this shift of flood of inventory in the GTA recently? Well, all you need to look at is the history of real estate in the last 30, 40 years. <laughs> Every year this sort of thing happens. It happens at different levels and different uh, at, at, at different rates. But um, what's happened in our industry was what um, last year, let's say you're sitting around January and we had very little inventory on the market and we talked about that Linus and one of the predictions we made was wait for it because we'll have a lot of things come on the market. But as in any market, um, any spring market in the past, buyers are typically late or sorry, early. So buyers will come into the market, start looking at homes early and want to purchase first and sellers are typically late. So late because they're reactionary or they couldn't get their home up uh, quick enough. Uh, they, they had to put some stuff off. They weren't ready. They want to wait for the flowers and the gardens and all the rest of it. So um, that's what happened. Buyers, we had more buyers in the market that we do probably today back in February and they wanted to buy and we only had 37 listings in some areas. Now we have 370 listings and half as many buyers and some buyers are still there, but they just want to wait to see what happens. So nobody's purchasing. So that's what's happened. Okay. Is there a good way if you do have a listing come up or if you're planning having a listing come up soon, you can prepare your 
your your seller for this kind of situation too because i mean they may not know that the market's shifted slightly they might be expecting you know a crazy amount of offers to be coming in on their home uh, in a very mm-hmm. short period of time is that something that you know we should be tempering expectations on we do. We need to definitely uh, temper the expectations of sellers that it is a different market. Um, you know, it's uh, it's now oversaturated with homes, which means uh, and people generally understand supply and demand. And when there's so much supply, you have to be the best value in the market to sell. It's not like things aren't selling. It's just which ones are selling. Well, it's the one that shows the best. It's well, it's the one that is the best value. So what you're asking in terms of price, uh, opposed to you know, and what you're purchasing. So things are moving, but you know, the way it was before is anything and everything sold. Now it's, well, no, the best of the best are selling. So you have to be competitive. And if they're not willing to do things like staging and painting and getting the house ready and all the things that you we needed to do in a, in a regular market, um, then, yeah, they're going to be a little disappointed when they put it up to find out that there's very little showings and, and maybe no offers. So is this go, just going back to you know the standard strategies you may have employed a couple of years ago before this market got kind of crazy with preparing the home province of rushing to market? Yeah, you know, and I've been saying that, and I I heard you I hear you say that, and I'm like, well, you know what? The good agents never really changed their strategy. Yeah. The good agents still staged. The st- they still did the virtual tours and did everything else, and they were blowing um, you know the the market away with these huge price you know these huge uh, sale prices. And it was because they were still doing a great job for their. So what I'm saying is the good agents, yeah, they're going to continue doing such a great job and they'll, they'll be in this business forever. The agents that kind of got away with it are the ones that would be worried about. So if, yeah, if you've kind of, listen, yeah, we'll put it up tomorrow. It will sell the next day. No big deal. Um, that type of mentality is is going to be what separates the agents today from the good ones and the, and, and the let's say, the agents that aren't doing as good a job. It's almost like the easy way it was uh, an option until maybe a couple of weeks ago, but now it's going to be the case where you have to make sure you focus on you know the the good fundamentals of being a real estate agent again. I guess that's right. That's right. Okay. Um, well, maybe let's just transition into our main segment here. So interesting to see. We'll have to keep an eye on the market and see how it goes in the GTA and across the country as well. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to talk about home inspection regulation. I think it was episode two of this show that we had a home wow. inspector on, and we talked about how home inspection was not regulated in Ontario and many provinces across Canada. However, things have recently changed. What's going on in Ontario here, Aaron? Well, Ontario's now, uh, and they've, they've been talking about it for a while. I think there was legislation um, originally brought in. I think they actually got serious about it in 2015. It was the year. But... Um, yeah, there's been a sort of a lack of uh, professional standards within the within uh, home inspectors. So anybody, like you said, with a flashlight or without one, could do a home inspection. Um, and they sort of relied on the different accreditations and different groups you could join. And and uh, um, and I don't even know them that well because I'm not a home inspector. But you'd see all the the you know the different home inspectors on Ontario or, you know, I'm a member of this and that. And people try to say this is the better than this one or, you know, but now there's going to be a regulation that you have to actually have uh, a license to trade uh, and to have a business of home inspections in Ontario. Was this well known amongst real estate agents that this was an unregulated industry? Because like you said, like they might have a business card with like, I'm a member of this organization or this organization. It might seem like it's somewhat regulated, but I guess the reality of it is, is you don't necessarily know what the requirements are to join those, yeah. those organizations. 
Oh, I listen, and I was—I I consider myself a um, fairly versed uh, agent that sort of knows, you know, the business and all the rest of it. And I couldn't tell you the difference between an IBI DEC regulation. Like, who knows what's on their cards, right? Like, and I asked the ones obviously that uh, that are in the business um, what their accreditations are and what courses they've taken. They tell me, and I, I say, okay, that sounds good, you know. Um, but usually, it came from a repeat, repeat and referrals and. Um, Referrals from other agents that use the home inspector usually would, would be where I would find my home inspectors to start off, and then if they do a good job, continue using them. So, if is there any sort of maybe, maybe you don't know the answer to this question necessarily, but is there any legal ramifications to using an unlicensed home inspector, one that doesn't have proper accreditation, if it comes back to haunt you later on, if like you know the purchaser finds something that they think that the home inspector should have found? Well, I think a lot of the age, or a lot of the, um, a lot of the, te- or the um, courses, I guess, that were being taught uh, prior and still being taught, you know, whether it be through Carson Dunlop or you know, some of the colleges and stuff like that for home inspectors, they still did a pretty good job of teaching people. So, um, you know, the 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 home inspectors that I used always had uh, the proper documentation and proper liability waivers and insurance and all the rest of this sort of thing. So I wasn't too worried about the liability end of things because um, I think this home inspectors that I used did a pretty good job of explaining to the homeowner that, listen, they can't see through walls. They can't uh, tell what's going to happen tomorrow. They can only tell you what's happened today. But for $400, it was a good snapshot of what the home, what the home really structurally, electric, plumbing, that sort of stuff, you know, how it was built. Um, so it was a good snapshot for the homeowner to make an informed decision whether or not they wanted to purchase the property. Is that mostly what the home inspection is for? Or, I mean, I guess there's other reasons that you might get a home inspection as well, but is it mostly just to get the snapshot of the home? Um, well, sure. I mean, there could be different reasons why you'd want to um, take a look at things. You know, I've had situations where somebody wanted to put on a second level in the house, so they had an engineer come in that also had their home inspection. So um, the different uh, companies, some people were engineers, other people weren't. You'd pay a little more to get an engineer to come out. So depending on the what you're looking to focus on, I think, uh, will be depending on whether or not uh, you go to the next level of home inspector. So you should ask those questions. Is there anything specific you're looking to do with your home? Well, when you were a regular practicing agent, um, did you often use the home inspection report for leverage negotiation? I'm assuming most agents probably do that too. Oh, yeah, but you know what? I never thought it was leverage. Um, I always looked at it as an informative thing. Listen, you're buying a a home, whether it be brand new or a brand or a, a resale that's you know 50 or 100 years old, each home is going to have its unique issues and things you have to do to maintain the home. I always prepared my clients, my buyers, letting them know what the basics of a home inspection are about and the fact that it's it's a good snapshot. It's for you to learn how to maintain a home just as much as it is how well this home was maintained. If there was anything of um, major consequence, let's say over $500 repair or something like that, yes, you could go back to renegotiate and leverage some of that on terms of pricing. Um, but that would be, you know, on a, on a rare case where, you know, something wasn't disclosed or they didn't know about it. You know, addicts are a great example. You know, you just never know what's up in an attic until you have a home inspection because you're not popping your head up during a showing. So we'd always find some uh, things in the attic that, that may be great, maybe it needs to be addressed, and, and we can go back and negotiate. Yeah, I always try to avoid sticking my head in my attic. It's a scary <laughs> place, and I'm glad I'm not a home inspector. It's done on a regular basis. Um, 
well, there's an interesting case I came across recently where there's multiple rep- multiple representation situation where the the agent recommended a home inspector, and the home inspector I guess missed some obvious thing regarding to like flooding in the basement or water in the basement, and it yeah. came back to haunt the agent because the agent recommended it, and there was no other agent involved. It was just them for the buyer and the seller. Is there any extra steps you should be taking if you're in a multiple representation situation? Uh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, multiple representation is tough because um, you are looking out for both a client's best interests. And of course, you don't want to be perceived as giving um, any information out that would be in the benefit of one over the other. So anytime you do a multiple representation uh, scenario, first of all, I would have somebody represent the other person. And I know this is representation, but I would, on behalf of the buyer, this person's going to be negotiating, giving you advice. Um, to an extent. And then the other side is going to uh, look after the seller just to have an arm's length. That's that's sort of the best, um, I think, case to, to look after that. The second thing would be, again, because the brokerage is representing both people equally, is not to suggest who to use, is to have a, a list provided um, of reputable people and they choose and they do their own due diligence to ask the questions and, and determine who they think is the best person to use for the job. Do we know when this uh, these regulations take effect in Ontario or the, the, the regulation of the home inspection industry? Has that been announced? So I looked into it today and uh, I don't think it's really been announced when it, uh, I mean, the act is in place. Um, the third reading is done. Uh, the act is there. But the details um, concerning, let's say, building the foundations of a good association, a good uh, regulatory body and uh Things like ethics, um, you know, having having the proper um, rules and procedures and all that stuff. That's still, I think, uh, being built currently. So, uh, I, I the best thing I could uh, sort of, uh, or the best way I can describe it is like the real estate industry. We have uh, our Ontario board, we have our uh, local boards, we have um, we have the Canadian Real Estate Association, and of course we have RICO, which governs it. So they're looking for, obviously, to develop the board as well as uh, a RICO body uh, that won't be called RICO. It'll be called, you know, maybe ICO or something like that, Insurance <laughs> or um, Inspectors uh, Council of Ontario or something like that. But um, they, yeah, they'll 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 get that all in place, and then as soon as that's all in place, everybody will join the board and get registered and. I was looking in to see if there'd be some grandfathered statuses, obviously, with people that have been in the business for a while or whether or not everybody has to take uh, the courses. Now, that's the questions I have. Are the current realist or the current um, inspectors out there, are they going to have to take all 10? I've heard it's 10 courses and about $400 a course or $4,000 they're going to have to spend to get their license, right? Yeah. So in short, there's still a little uncertainty with the actual time that is going to come into effect. And it, it does take time to figure all these things yeah. out. Now that we know that it's going to be in place doesn't mean that you know it's going to take effect tomorrow. Like you said, they have to set up all the regulations and the requirements that are required to get a license. So mm-hmm. in the meantime, like we might be a year or two out even from this this taking place, what should we be looking out for um, when selecting home inspectors, given that they can have a variety of backgrounds? Um, the referral, um, looking to and testimonials. So talking to the people that the agents that have used them in the past, you want to use an, a home inspector that uh, that has a good reputation in the industry. Um, obviously, if they've done a lot of business and they've had a lot of success, um, you know, giving proper advice and and doing things really professionally. I think that's the first first thing I would look for. That's the next question I have always is what what did you do before you. 
or a home inspector. Um, if they were an accountant and if they, you know, they had no, say, construction background, you know, I would consider whether or not I'd, I'd use them because, um, you know, the guy I always used had a history of construction. He was he was a foreman, he was a builder, he was all the rest. So he knows houses like the back of his hand. He knows how to build a home, and and that's sort of the type of uh, I guess home inspector I would try and go after personally. Then finally, I just have one extra question for you. This is more just a a curiosity question, I guess, being a homeowner myself, I went through with the building inspector when they went through the property and like listened to everything they had to say before purchasing it. Is that yeah. something you recommend that um, either agents or potential purchasers do with the home inspector, or is it just best to leave them to their own devices? Uh, yeah, I, the, what, the way I always did it, I, I want to learn. I want to learn more about the house. I want to be able to answer some of the questions and uh, be knowledgeable. And uh, why not? Uh, I mean, we if, if we're selling lots of houses and going through a lot of home inspections, um, why wouldn't you want to learn, right? So I, I typically would spend some time watching and just shadowing the home inspector, not trying to obviously ask too many questions that it's taken them too long. Uh, of a time to do the inspection and I would also caution the homeowners to do the same just let them do what they're doing and and then we'll get a walkthrough at the end and ask questions at the end of the end of the inspection but at the same time I kind of like to put my nose in and, and sort of ask a few things and and they like that too they get some good interaction and you know their job can be pretty monotonous and boring at times so it's nice to have uh, somebody there to chat with I during the home inspection I won't tell any of them that you said that <laughs> <laughs> well you did just you know you're you're doing your job you're doing your Tenth, let's say, home inspection this week. It's nice to, to deal with agents that uh, that they like dealing with. Oh, for yeah. sure. So I always had a good relationship with my home inspector, and I could call him any time to ask any question about my own home. So developing those relationships. But the, the, I think the key too is most home inspectors do like to be given a little bit of uh, leeway time-wise uh, to get the inspection done without too many questions, so that they can get through the home in, in under three hours. You know. Do you have anything you want to add to wrap up the discussion? Oh. Um, well, the way the market's changing, um, and it has changed in the past, because it was such a, a seller's market, and we we're in conditional sale, non-conditional sales, so you know multiple offers and everything. Home inspections weren't being done, and uh, that's a big concern for a lot of home buyers um, and lawyers, <laughs> um, because some of these things come up uh, after the fact, and if you didn't have a home inspection. Um, you weren't aware of them. So that's it can be surprises. So let's uh, look at markets the way that I mean, we should try and get a home inspection done anytime we can when we're representing buyers. And, uh, you know, they're not there to kill a deal. They're not there to renegotiate a deal. They're there for the, the best interest of your client. And I, I believe in them 100%. That's a pretty good place to end off, I think. So if you like the show, subscribe to our show on iTunes. Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on the site because it really does help. You can watch this and past shows at spotlight.central21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast.homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M as in Mary, E-A-N as in Nancy, I-A.com. So this podcast is brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program, an exclusive marketing package available only to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive internet marketing strategy for their listings. We provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, a cutting-edge responsive website, and an extensive advertising system that will help sell your listings faster, sell them for more money, impress your clients, and generate leads. So find out why so many top agents are using Spotlight by visiting spotlight.central21.ca today. Aaron, thanks again as always. Have one.
Thanks for Thanks, watching. Lance. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.